Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Blessed is Everyone That Feareth the Lord. It shall be focused on the study of Psalms chapter 128. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word. and We, we know, Father, You said the angels of the Lord encompass those that fear Him. We thank Thee for the hedge of the Holy Ghost and the word which You've placed around us. Help us to stay within that protection where the devil cannot do us any harm. May You continue to speak to us out of Your word. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 128. Psalm 128, a song of degrees. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Conflict Between God and Satan. This was preached in 1962 on May the 31st. We'll begin at paragraph 52 up to paragraph 165. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, we want to turn for just a few words tonight out of the, the Bible. Found over in the book of Joshua 24, 14th verse and 15th verse, I want to read from his word. Listen close to his word. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt. And Serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Amen. Lord, bless the reading of his scriptures. I have uh, some notes here that I would like to talk just a little bit from. And I want to take a text tonight to call it the conflict. The conflict between God and Satan. And now... Just to teach it like a Sunday school lesson, for I've got several scriptures laying here. 
in Eden, God knew his enemy and all the attacks of his enemy. Our God is the infinite God. And the infinite God is the perfection of the perfections. He knew all things before they ever was. And therefore, if this infinite God could have looked forward and did and seen the end from the beginning and knew that he would have children on this earth, his own blessed children, don't you believe that he would provide for them the best that he could provide? Would not you tonight to your children that was helpless little fellows who can't take care of themselves, don't you struggle and work and do everything that you can to provide the best that you can or able to provide for those children? Because you are a father, a parent. And if that being the, the, what I would say, the, the trueness and the thought of an earthly parent and parenthood originated in God because he was the first parent. Don't you think that God, seeing what Satan would be, what Satan would do, he gave to his children and provided for them the best thing that could be provided for them to knowing what the enemy's attack would be, God fortified his children. Amen. Amen. We take the war. When a general goes out to meet another general in war, and uh, this general, if he's a real true citizen of this nation that he represents, and he surely would be to be a general, and... Uh, the first thing he studies, the enemy's attacks. He knows what he's going to do, how he's going to work, because he kind of went over and spied out. We got spies everywhere, you know. There's American spies in England, there's American spies in France, there's Ameri- and the German spies here, and these, uh, no matter how friendly we are, we still got spies. And we're spying out some kind of a, a nuclear weapon. Then we find it, take it back to the country. Then what it is, they get ready. When war does come, they know how to attack their enemy. And if we know God knew this great warfare was coming on between right and wrong, and he knew what the enemy is going to do, he knows just exactly how to equip his people. Amen. So, if we notice, the very first thing that God equipped His children was, being infinite, He knowed what it took to defeat Satan. Anytime, place, anywhere, on any conditions. Now, He wouldn't say, I'll give them something here. And then a few years later, I may study out something better to give them. And uh, then after a few years later, like we in military force, 
old bow and arrow and sledge, rock hammer, and then the next was the after the bow and arrow come the musket, and after the musket come the Springfield, and and now the the atomic weapons and things. See, we keep growing more, but God at the beginning gave His children the atomic weapon, Amen. because He's the infinite God. Amen. Now. Seeing there was going to be a conflict and there was going to be a battle, God equipped His children with the right kind of ammunition, the right kind of a attack, the right kind of everything that they had need of that would sweep them all the way from Eden to the rapture. Amen. What was it? The Word. Amen. The Word. That's what defeats Satan is the Word. It'll defeat him anywhere, any place. Now, why do we want to substitute something else when we've already got the best thing that there is? The Word. And we find Jesus on earth just to prove this was the best equipment when Satan come in hand-to-hand combat with Jesus. He never just reached over with his power and tied his hands. He just took the same weapon that God gave in the Garden of Eden, his word, and said, it's written. Amen. It's written. And he punched him right out of the ring with it. That's right. Amen. Because it's God's best. And look where it is. It's not just for a one or two in a church. It's for every one of us. Amen. Every believer has a right to take this word and Fight the enemy anywhere you meet him. Anywhere you meet the enemy, this word is what you have to use. And Jesus proved it when he come. So he equipped his children with the word for their protection against the enemy. When the all-out warfare comes and the battles and uh, set in array, then there's only one thing a real soldier can use, a real Christian soldier, that's thus saith the Lord. Amen. Walk right out there and meet the enemy with the assurance that nothing, thousand may fall at your right and ten thousands at the left, but it won't come nigh thee. Just remember that God made this statement and give this to his children. That's the best that's ever been yet. Satan in Eden, when he first come to these attacks, to attack the person, knowing the children of God was... Fortified with this word, Satan attacked the word. See? He never attacked the being. He attacked the word first. Look at that sneaker lizard, what he does today. The first thing he can't lay it on saying, well, that's not a good person. That's a good person. See? But the only thing he tries to do, no matter how good the person is, is to get him to deny that word. Amen. That's the only thing he wants to do, get you to deny that word. So Satan tried to, to attack the word in the Garden of Eden, so he had to have something now that he could use to, to the human being would look better than that word. See? He had to have something that would look better to the human being than word. And you know what he used? Reasoning. Just what we'd say, common sense. So that's what he used. And he succeeded. 
So that's what he's used all along. <laughs> but God can't give nothing else but his word because that's what he chose first. And when God makes a decision, it has to ever remain that way. Amen. And Satan took reasonings and took the reasonings and attacked the word and chucked Eve off the path. That's right. By reasonings, human reasoning. Now, the only way that he, she could have got to disbelieve God's word, it had to be appealing. And Satan knows how to make reasonings appealing. It has to appeal to you. And sin is very appealing. And there's only one sin, and that's unbelief. So it's really appealing. Satan makes sin so appealing to you. Just stopping here for a few minutes. I've often thought as a young man and read about uh, different nations and the morals of the country, and I'd heard different people tell me about, uh, especially in, down in France, down in the place called Pig Alley, and how that um, the people were so immoral. Well, I thought, if I ever go in there, I'll see them people down there Women coming out, you know, reprobates with such a old haggy look, you know, and mean. And when I went down in Pig Alley the first night, me and three more ministers, brother, what a surprise we got. Now, Satan's too smart for that. He isn't going to produce something like that. But some of the prettiest girls i ever seen in my life was there. Appealing. Certainly, sin is appealing and attractive. Satan hasn't got a fork and hoofs and a, and a, and a pointed tail and, and like that. He is an old John Barley corn out with coat hanging up and ears hanging down. He's a slicker. Appealing. Sin isn't just rude like you think it is. It's very appealing. Therefore, we have to watch it close. We'll just get to that in a little bit. I thought of something else. So, uh, it, how Satan makes it look so real. It's appealing to them. But, if they would have just stayed fortified with the Word, let the Word be their fortress... Then, see, uh, they had been fortified. They had been behind the Word. The Word would have been in front of them always, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Right or left. Thus saith the Lord. Like those angels down there that day when Isaiah met in the temple. He thought he was getting along pretty good. A fairly good preacher. The king liked him real well, but the king was taken from him one day. And he knelt at the altar and fell into a vision and saw angels with wings over their faces and over their feet and flying with two wings of singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Amen. See? Ever which way they went. Ezekiel saw the picture of the vision this way. The Spirit of God was moving. It had the face of an ox. This way it had the face of a lion. And... Every way it went, it had a face. Everywhere it went, 
It was fortified. The Word of God, there's no way around. Fortified, all the way around, everywhere. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. You're walking, you're talking, you're business, you're associating, and everything. Put the Word of God first. Amen. Say, I believe I'll go tonight and um, this little dance just won't hurt anybody. Could you take, thus saith the Lord with you? I believe if I could pull this little deal, it, oh, it's just a little bit shady, but could you say, thus saith the Lord with it? Always take him first. Keep fortified, for he is our fortress. It's strange. But do you know you have to ignore before, in order to believe the devil's lie, you have to ignore and deny God's truth first before you can believe the devil's lie? Do you ever think of that? You have to deny the truth first before you can believe a lie. Right. Have to deny it. Eve got from behind it and lost the battle. As soon as Eve, Satan was standing out there shooting these targets. She said, but the Lord said. And then he shot again. She said, but the Lord said. So then he shot again another way. But the Lord said. But Satan raised up back there and said, but wait just a minute. If the Lord did say that, let me just tell you something. You see, you're not wise like God. You don't know right from wrong. But if, listen, wouldn't you love to be wise like God? Why, Eve said, yes, I, I, I believe I would. Maybe something like that. I believe I would like to just know all the wisdom of God. I like to know what's right and wrong. I don't know it. Well, I tell you. Now, she said, but, but the Lord said, well, but surely you know he's a good God. He won't do that. See? Right there she broke the hole through so he could shoot. Right there she made the wrong stop. Right there. Stopped a little bit. Now, let me say something to you Christians down here. Don't you never stop one second for the devil. Don't stop to reason it out. When you start to reason it, the devil comes right in. You cannot reason God. You cannot understand God. You've got to just believe God. Amen. See? I can't explain God. Nobody can. I can't explain many things. But the only thing, I just believe it because he said so. Amen. Now, there's none of us can explain it. Don't try to explain it. Don't get with these unbelievers and say, well, now, look. Your pastor out there, Junior, I hear him pray for the sick. Now, you're all crazy down there. There's no such thing as divine healing. Say, all right, there isn't for you then. You're an unbeliever. And just walk right on. It's just for believers. Don't read. Well, you all say you got the Holy Ghost. There's no such a thing as the Holy Ghost. Say, it isn't for you then. It is for me. Just go on, see. See, don't reason. Don't try to reason. It hasn't got no reasonings. You just believe it. You don't reason a thing. Because, remember... The only way that you can accept God is by faith. Amen. Not by reasons, not by understanding, not able to explain. You don't explain nothing. You believe something. Amen. Not what you feel. Jesus never said, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? Amen. That's right. You just believe what God said. I can't explain to you how, they, how could a 
the greatest miracle that I can think of is a man who is like take a pig and tell that pig, you know, you're no more a pig. You are a lamb. And he becomes a lamb. That would be hard to believe. Well, it's the same thing that takes place when you become converted from a sinner to a Christian. See, it changes your own opinions. It changes your own will. It changes everything that's in you. And it brings you into another life and gives you another spirit that bears forth another record. See? Then your old life has to die and the new one has to be born again. And then, see, you're no more the creature you was at all. That's when you become behind the blood, fortified with the Word. Don't try to explain nothing. Just believe it and go on. Lord, I believe. Savior, raise my faith in Thee till it can move a mountain. Lord, I believe for all my doubts are buried in the fountain. What if Abraham had been asked? The doctors had come and said, Abraham, you're a hundred years old. Your wife is 90. How are you going to have a baby? Now, Abraham said, well, now I'll tell you. It's like this. You see, there's going to be a time that we're going to drink a certain thing, and this is going to do this, and this kind of change is going to... Abraham couldn't explain that. Amen. Abraham would have said something like, I don't know. I don't know no more about it than you know. The only thing that I'm resting on is he said we would have it, and I'm looking for it. said, yes, sir. That's all it takes. Just take it, believe it. God said so, and that, that settles the whole thing. Because God said it. Now, we find out Eve losing the battle. She got from behind the word, raised up on top of the trance and say, You don't say so, or is that the truth? She's lost right there. Well, you know, we don't teach that over at our church. We believe that what he said here, yeah, but... Listen, dear, you know better than that. Your own common sense would tell you that that's not right. Why well, I heard that people just cry and cry. What are they crying about? See? Now, own common sense would show you that they're just worked up. They're emotional. See? If you stop to listen to that, you've lost the battle. If they say, oh, now, wait a minute. Your doctor said that, that um, you had TB and it's, uh, it's in an advanced stage. There's no way forever you get over that TB. The doctor said there wasn't. Now, don't common sense say that? Well, if you're going to rely upon reasonings, you might as well make ready to die. But if you're going to what the Lord gave the promise and you can believe it, it changes the whole program. Now, the same way it changes is the same way it changed for me down there. See? I just believe it. Don't know how it's done, but there was a new creature come. Amen. I used to. I shunned church. I, a guy told me when I used to box, was I was fighting my 15th professional fight down here at, at Evansville, Indiana. And Howard McLean, many of you New Albany people knew him there. And I was walking up the street, and Howard was a welder waiting. I was a bantamweight. And I was fighting Billy Freak from Huntington, West Virginia. Had on a blue suit like this. And them days, I had a little hair. And I was walking up the street. We'd eat supper about 3 o'clock, get ready for the fight that night. Was going in there to rest and then have her hands wrapped. And Howard said to me, he said, you know what, Bill? I said, what? He said, you look like a little Baptist preacher. And he could have called me anything. I never. I turned around and I said, now, wait a minute, Howard. Now, you laugh when you say that. <laughs> you about that high. 
but I was ready to climb right on him. I want nothing to do with no preacher. <laughs> and now the greatest compliment that he could have given me. Amen. Oh, when somebody said, Brother Bram, you look like a preacher, I say, Praise God. <laughs> See? What's the matter? I die. And I'm a new creature. How did I do it? I took his word. Brother Branham, what kind of medicine, what formula did you take? I didn't take any. How did he do it? I don't know. (laughs) But anyhow, I believed it. I never took nothing. I just believed it. And he raised me up from what I was, a sinner, to a Christian. He did it because I took his word. He'll do the same thing by sickness. He'll do the same thing by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He'll do the same thing by any promise he give. But see, what, what's my subject? The conflict. The conflict, Satan tries to get you to reason about it. And don't you do it. But after you become a Christian, then you are fortified by the Word and any promise in the Word. No one's going to say that. You are, when you become a Christian, you're placed behind the Word of God. See? Now there's your fortress. Safety. Oh my. Amen. Every promise in that is yours. Amen. Amen. All the thing you have to do is just reach and get it and go right on with it. How you know it's going to work? I don't know how it's going to work. Explain to me. I don't know. The only thing I know that God gave His children the best attack that they could have and the best thing to attack with. Because He knows the working of the enemy. Now let's, let's diagnose that down. Like take the chemistry of the blood or the chemistry of water or whatever it is. See, let's, let's diagnose it down. Why? Why did He give the Word? Because, are you ready? The Word is eternal. See? And if God made a promise that is eternal and there's nothing, nowhere can stop it. They couldn't turn every atom upside down and turn it backwards. Could never pierce the word of God one little word. Because Jesus said, both heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never fail. That's the best weapon there is. It's the word of the eternal God. Now, what is the word of God? The word of God is God himself. So God gave the believer Himself. Amen. Amen. It's God Himself. He gave the believer Himself to attack the enemy. In other words, He's the Father, and the Word is God. Then the Word is our Father. We're born by the Word. Amen. And he's standing in the forefront for his children. Amen. There you are. He's standing out there for his children. What are we scared about? The rapture, sure. The coming, sure. Every blessing that's been promised is ours. All belongs to us. Now, if we kind of slack up and say, uh, Satan, say, come around over on this side. I'll reason that out with you. Uh Uh-uh, you got behind Father then, see. Don't you do that. 
You stay right where Father stands. Right where it says, it's, Thus saith Father. <laughs> See? Thus saith my Father. Thus saith my Father. It's going to defeat him. As sure as the world has got to. All right. But when you get out from behind that, like Eve did, the battle's lost. Now, poor Eve, she listened. She lost her place. All right. And then God chose man to hold his fork. And he has ever since. That's where many times people in these last days uh, sometimes say, why could you uh, not think that the lady could do just as good a job in the pulpit as the man? I'm not disputing that. Not at all. Sometimes a lot better than I could. Many of them. But you see, we have to take what God did. See? Right there, Eve was the one who broke down the bars. And Adam did not break the bars. No, sir. But because he loved his wife, he walked right out with her. See? So God chose man to hold the fort. Now, the next we find out then, after the battle was lost there, at the time of destruction, come to them. uh, uh, The next time there was... um, a change of the dispensations. From that time, we know how the battle went. We know that Leave lost the battle because she relied upon her reasonings instead of her faith in God's Word. Let's repeat that. She relied upon her own reasonings instead of having faith in God's Word. It reasoned out. Therefore, she broke the front lines and the enemy rushed in. And then death struck the world. Now, therefore, God never did trust it again with the women to hold that front line. It's with man. And now the next change of dispensation, the conflict started. And I'm looking at a scripture here. I believe I'll just start and read it. How much time do we really, you really preach on this? Just about... It won't take just about six hours more, and we'll. And so, yeah, I didn't mean that, folks. I, let's start over here, you and your Bibles. Let's read just a few minutes. I just love to read it as we go along, and then it's God's Word all along. Let's start at the change of the dispensations again, from the Adam Adamic dispensation onto the Noic dispensation. Now, now, just before that time comes, let's just look at, the, at the, what's taking place. Let's start, start with the sixth chapter of Genesis and just read a few verses. And it came to pass, when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of man, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, let's just compare that. Now, remember, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, watch. Reading is close now, just like a Sunday school lesson for just a verse or two. Then I'll go right on with some more scriptures. Came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, man, see, the sons 
of God saw the daughters of man. Now, did you notice that? Sons of God saw the daughters of man that they were fair, and they took them wives of all they chose, all which they chose. Now, the great many of the theologians, I don't want to be different, I don't mean to be, but many of you know that theologians believe that these fallen angels that had fell by Lucifer's lie uh, took themselves wives. They were fallen angels, actually sons of God, that fell from grace, cast out into the earth, pressed themselves into flesh, and took wives. I, I just a little don't think that just makes reasonings with the Scripture. Because the first place, before a fallen angel could make himself a man, he would first have to be a creator. And uh, there is only one creator, and that's God. So that would wash it out. Another thing, the sons of God took daughters of man, and did you know the Bible never denotes sex in angels. See? There's no denoting of sex in angels. And there's no place in the Bible where there's a woman angel. Because a woman is a byproduct of a man. It'll all be the same. Like Adam was both Adam and Eve to begin with. See? She was taken from his side. So it, it disqualifies their argument that this was fallen angels. But if you will excuse me and not try to think that I'm trying to make a know-it-all here, but just to give my, my thought of it, I think these sons of God was the sons of Seth, saw the daughters of the Canaanites, the kings, that they were fair, because the sons of Seth came was the son of Adam, who was the son of God. Amen. But the son, the daughters of Cain, who was the son of uh, Satan. Now, you notice, they notice just at the end before this Andalusian destruction that the daughters of the Canaanites were fair, pretty, attractive. You get it? Now... Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Women, attractive. What kind of women? Canaanites. See? Taking the sons of God. See? Sons of God taking the Canaanite women. The extreme beauty of women has so increased in the past 50 years to pick up a picture of 50 years ago what a, an attractive woman looked like. I was looking the other day in a history of the wars and how that Pearl White, about a hundred years ago, when she was stabbed by Scott Jackson, her lover, and the looks of the woman. Now also, 
of Mary Bonneville and many of the so-called attractive women of 50 to 100 years ago, compare them with the women today, they wouldn't stand in a shadow. Certainly not. Early, women has become dainty, feminish, and so forth, more attractive. And it, what is it? They dress themselves more attractive. Where the women used to wear great big dresses and sleeves and long skirts and uh, hid their body because they didn't want man lusting for them. Amen. They live for one man. It shows them for wife. Today the women pour themselves into little clothes and uh, immorality is on such a move and a rampage till it's, it's beyond even thinking. Amen. It was so striking when I read analysis the other day of Chicago when I was there, New York, Los Angeles, Birmingham, and, and many of the great outstanding cities to this club of the social clubs has come together in such a way that families after families through neighborhood join into this club and they go to a certain meeting place, take their keys, throw them into a hat. The woman reaches in and gets the key and that's her husband till they meet again. That's our American women. You see, it goes to show that back again, it started in the beginning with women by sex, and it ends up the same way at the end. Amen. Now, not God didn't bless it for an honest and good woman. Read over in Isaiah when he said how that those will escape in the last days, the daughters of Zion, that will escape all these damnable things that's up on the earth. Now, the sons of God saw the daughters of man that they were fair and took them wives, all which they chose. Now, a great sign of the end time. Let's read another verse. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Immediately after this took place, marrying. Luke tells us that. I got it wrote down here, I think. Luke 7, 27 said, that how, or Luke 17, 27, said that how that they married and given marriage in the days of Noah. See how it was? The same thing. Man looked upon the attractiveness, sons of God, supposed to be holding a fort, looked upon the daughters of man. Man. How they become so attractive, fair. And they took to them wives and they married and gave in marriage. Same thing they're doing today. See? And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came to the daughters of man, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty man, which were of old man renowned. Notice these smart, educated Canaanite women, not from Cain's lineage, married these humble peasant 
boys of Seth, and from there became giants and were renowned. We find out that they become great scientists, great workers of wood, great smart, educated people, and they had a, a great economy and they lived in such a scientific age until they built pyramids that we couldn't build today. They built the Sphinx and many great marks that we see in the rock and sands of time that we could not reproduce today because those people leaned upon their knowledge and become scientists and smart men and renowned men. But the sons of God that stayed humble stayed away from such things as that and relied upon God, Amen. knowing that they were going to inherit all things Amen. in the end. Amen. See? So the people today say, they're smart. They got all this. We do all this so much smarter than we was. And we're so much farther away from God than we were. Amen. You draw yourself right away. All right. I won't take no more time to read on down. Sometime when you get a chance, read it on down. The sixth chapter of Genesis. How that those things happened. Just a little mark. I thought I'd read that. Had it wrote here. That I would read that, just a verse or two, to show you the parallel of Noah's time to this time. Now, we see that people are marrying and giving in marriage. We see the beauty of women that has taken off their clothes to become attractive to the sons of God. Now, not just laying uh, this part of the message up on women. I'm thankful to have women like here. That's ladies, young women that's still decent and honorable that don't put on. Now, the, the average woman today is back in fig leaves just like Eve was. And fig leaf is actually a man-made system. Shorts, smoking, bobbed hair, attractive. What do they do it for? To appear to their husband? If they do, then he isn't a son of God. He's a Canaanite. And then, if he's a son of God, he'll tell you, wash your face and put you on some clothes. Right. Now, God in this time, He chose to send His Word again Amen. for His children. Amen. And He chose a prophet. And the Word of the Lord come to the prophets. Amen. And Noah and Enoch. What a beautiful time. And someone, many times people, uh, I know some have questions that didn't get the answer. They asked that question. Said, Brother Branham, I disagree with you. The precious brother that wrote some of the nicest articles that I'm going to now, Brother, um, what's that guy's name? We'll go to preach far up there now. This next meeting up here at South Pine, or Southern Pine. Parker. Thomas Parker. He said, there's one thing that I have to disagree with Brother Branham. Said, he believes that the church will not go through the tribulation. That I believe the church goes through the tribulation for purification. What happened to the blood of Jesus then? <laughs> There's no place in any parable 
or in any word that the church goes through the tribulation. They have to put that on these men. It's not bald-headed. They don't get hoarse so quick. Um, there's no place where the church ever goes through the tribulation period. Christ's blood and the fullness of the application of the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses all sin. And why do we have to be purged? We are purged daily. No tribulation. Listen. Listen to what Jesus said in St. John 5, 24. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come to the judgment but has passed from death unto life. Amen. Amen. Enoch, prophet, Noah is a type of the Jews, the remnant, God's servant. And Enoch, the great prophet who prophesied of the Lord coming, was translated, raptured before the flood. Noah was carried through for us. Uh, to preserve seed on the earth. Now, God sent his word by his prophet Noah. And when Noah and Enoch began to prophesy, and then just before the flood struck, what happened? Enoch went up. Noah went through. See? Enoch was translated. Noah's sign was watching Enoch. When Enoch come up missing, then Noah knew the flood was at hand because he's keeping his eye on Enoch. Now, Satan in this time set up the same system that he did in the Garden of Eden, reasoning against the word of these prophets. Same thing. Now, Satan set his system up he had more than one or two people to deal with now. He had billions to deal with. The Andalusian time, more people than they are now. They've multiplied all over the face of the earth. There's a great uh, of earth of people in that time, probably far more than there is now. And now look, Satan, in order not to set up with one with Eve, he's setting up a system. What was it? To combat the word of the Lord that came to the prophets. Amen. You get it? Amen. He uses that same old tactic Amen. every time. And God stays with His same right. word. Here come Noah and Enoch with thus saith the Lord, building away on an ark. Now, notice Satan's system laugh at God's system. Now compare that with today. Amen. Holy Lords and what more, see? Scoffers, the Bible says. They laugh at God's system. Satan's system laughed at God's system. They thought it didn't stand up to their own science and reasoning. Now they said that old fella up there on the hill building that ship. And he says there's some water coming down from up there. Now, we've got the best scientists in the world. Now, they probably have a radar that they can shoot plumb to the moon and what more. 
and can prove that there is no water there. Now, how's the any coming down? Old fellow, you're crazy. But I've got, thus saith the Lord. Built right away. Stood right at the door of the ark, preaching the gospel and building away. And watching Enoch. When he come into the evening, he said, did they take it down there? No, they laughed at me. They threw rotten eggs at me and everything else. Did the same thing up here. But let's pound right away. <laughs> oh, they call me a holy roller and everything else, but that's all right. They all gathered in for prayer meeting and went on just the same. See, just exactly the way it's doing today. Because they know they were fortified because they were standing behind dust. Saith the Lord. Amen. Now, the common, ordinary reasoner would say, Oh, that's nonsense. A woman once said, One time I was, uh, this boy taught uh, Sunday school at the Baptist church. I was preaching up there one night, and I met him downtown. I was on my bicycle. I, downtown, I met him. He was on a bicycle. He pulled over his side. He said, Billy, I come up to hear you the other night. And said, I was enjoying what you're saying. So that woman got the crying and going on all that people saying amen and said, I just couldn't stand it. See? He said it made shivers run up my back to hear them people, amen, right when you're saying something. I said, brother, it didn't affect me like that. I said, uh, he said, I said, I'll take, I said, you don't believe in saying amen and that little shouting and things is doing? I said, no, I don't believe that. I said, if you'd ever get to heaven, you'd freeze. Amen. I said, because they're if that made a shiver run over your back, what's it going to be when the angels are standing before God day and night screaming, Holy, 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 Amen. Lord, God Almighty, Holy, Amen. Holy, Holy. Well, this is the quietest world you'll ever live in. <laughs> right? In hell, there's going to be weeping and wailing. And heaven, there's going to be screaming and shouting. So you're in, a, you're in the quietest place you'll ever be right now. So you might as well get used to one place or the other. So I'd just rather take my choice and get behind God's Word, wouldn't you? Just keep pushing it on. It's thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Just keep pushing on. All right. Yeah, it didn't stand up to their scientific specification. And today, when they see the Spirit of God that can discern the thoughts of the heart, as God said so, tell forth and foretell, speak in tongues, interpret all these different gifts, they say, that's a telepathy. See? They try to bring it in. They say, well, we see it being done, but you know what it is? It's just a human telepathy. But it's thus saith the Lord. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That's all I How long to the end of the world? They don't stand up to their scientific uh, research. So they laugh at it. And they did the same thing in the days of Noah. Oh, yes. It don't stand up to their reason. You can't reason it out, but it's God's Word just the same. All right, so Satan started his attack upon the Noah group, just like he did in Eden, and each one had to choose by faith. Glory. Amen. Not something you want, but by faith. And the only way that you can by faith believe a denominational lie is to refuse God's word first. Amen. You're thinking about salvation, this is it. 
And the only way that you can disbelieve it, you have to put your faith on a counterfeit lie of the devil by reason and instead of believing God's word that you got to be born again. And when you are, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Oh, I love it. Amen. That sounds good to me. <laughs> See, believe his word. No matter what anybody else said, God said so. God said so. Say, well, this is so and so, but God said so. Well, we Presbyterians, I don't care, but God said so. We're Baptists, I don't care, God said so. See, we're Catholic, God said so. See, say right like this. Well, our pastor's got uh, so many degrees, but God said so. Our Pope's got this, our Bishop's got this, but God said so. Right there, it's your fortification is fortified in the Word of God. Wrapped up while you're... Why, you're baptized in the Word. Amen. By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body, and that body's Christ. Is that right? Amen. Yes, sir. By one Spirit, all baptized into the body of God, then you're baptized into God. You're fortified with God. His Word is your fortress. He's a mighty tower. The name of the Lord is a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Amen. He's my fortress, my buckle, my shield, my shoes, my hat, my coat, my heart, my heart. Oh, God. All in all. God, wrapped up in him, dead to the world, rose with him in resurrection. Not I live anymore, but Christ that lives in us. We're looking for the coming of that glad millennium day when the blessed Lord shall come and catch his waiting bride away. Oh, the world is groaning and crying for that day of sweet release. When our Savior shall come back to earth again, Amen. and the meek shall inherit the earth. Each had to choose by faith. You have to do it. You, today you have to believe the, the lie of the devil or believe the word of God. That's either one. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word, which we know will not return unto you void. We pray, Father, for any of the listeners listening in today, some who perhaps have known you in the power of your resurrection. May you fill them with your Holy Ghost and take preeminence in, a, in their lives that, Father, you might become veiled in human flesh again today like you promised you would be. For you said this promise is unto us, unto our children, and to many that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So speak to every heart today. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Song. 